Good morning. Welcome to the Profit Lab Podcast. Woohoo! Always energetic. That's how I go. Keep up with me, guys. All right. Awesome. All righty. Let's start our day. Welcome to the Profit Lab Podcast. I am your host, Marie Tarosian, certified 10X coach, CFO, an auditor, a CPA, and a chartered global management accountant. I serve the entrepreneurial community uh, through my CPA firm, Marie Tarosian CPA, and the management consulting company that I have, the Profit Lab. Uh, the Profit Lab Podcast serves to expand our mission to empower entrepreneurs by bringing their stories to the masses. We are thrilled to tell your story to inspire, empower, and uplift other entrepreneurs. To check out, uh, you know, uh, check out uh, our website where we have a lot of the audio version of the podcast, and that's on theprofitlab.biz/podcast. Uh, we launched this uh, this uh, show and podcast on August second, where I actually spoke about my entrepreneurial journey so far. And maybe once in a while, I'll jump in and talk a little bit more of what I've learned since the last time. Um, but uh, basically what we do is like we share our valuable takeaways from our journey um, so that you are empowered to learn from them. So every week I plan to feature an entrepreneur uh, from different walks of life. Um, so if you want to be a guest on my show, please go ahead and submit your request to support at theprofitlab.biz. Uh, today is November 8th and it is our 13th episode and we are live on my Facebook page uh, at the Profit Lab Biz. On my LinkedIn page, Marie Tourcian CPA CGMA, and also my YouTube channel, uh, Marie Tourcian CPA. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, like, follow, share, you know the drill on all those platforms. All right, let's get started. My guest today is Wendy Parsley, founder of Quint. It, she's a highly accomplished senior level growth marketing professional with nearly 20 years of experience developing, planning, and executing one of a one of a kind creative marketing programs with her hyper-focus on community engagement. Community engagement. That's that's key, right? That's the differentiator for her. She has worked with some of the most innovative companies in the world, honoring her skills in the field of attendee engagement for brands like Google Cloud, uh, Google, sorry, Google Cloud, Pixar, Allrays, Eddie Road, Simpler, Gainsight, Head, Headspace, and so, so many more. And with that, Wendy, welcome to the Profit Lab podcast and hi, show. Hi, Marie. <laughs> Good to see you. I'm so happy to be with you today. <laughs> Same here. I'm, I'm so excited to tell your story. And, and I know we've connected before a few times and mm -hmm. talked a little bit, but you know, when you're on the show, it's, it's kind of different, right? So <laughs> I want to bring your story to the masses, as I yeah. promised. <laughs> I love it. The energy is is amazing um and it is different than our previous conversations i love it <laughs> awesome awesome so wendy uh i i so appreciate your time and to to becoming my guest and, and being on the show and and bringing your story to other entrepreneurs for them to learn but so we want to learn about you and my question is always with tell us about yourself wendy the person not necessarily only the you know the business owner right now but like Everything about Wendy that we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about Wendy that you need to know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, it's 
I think probably one word that is used to describe me quite a bit is I'm, I'm an extrovert. I think that's uh-huh. something that kind of goes hand in hand with the work that I do. Um, yes. I think it's, you know, being in events and being in marketing, we're just naturally extroverts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a very uh, loyal person. Um, I have a very small family. We're very close knit. Um, and just uh, amazing group of friends and, and family around me. So those things are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So me as a person, other than like early on in life, we all kind of took personality tests, right? So yeah. one of the first ones I ever took, um, I came up as an ENFJ, which, ENFJ. yeah. So if you look at the ENFJs, they're sort yes. of like natural, like extroverted, intuitive feeling, judging. These are words that kind of go along with the ENFJs. They're also considered to be kind of thoughtful, somewhat idealistic, um, striving to make a positive impact on the world. Um, another behavior test that I took um, showed me to be a, a collaborator. And as a collaborator, they're in that behavioral assessment was, you know, collaborators, collaborators are warm, they're informal, outgoing, congenial, comfortable getting along with a lot of different people. And I yes. definitely can see myself in both of those. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's probably me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's awesome. It's interesting that you brought this point, you know, so far, actually, none of my guests have brought that up. <laughs> so I love it. It's something new, you see? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I love doing this because there's so much I can c- connect uh, with my guests and each one that brings their unique view and different ways they they answer this question. So it's like, it's really so cool. Um, and, and it's so funny, while you were telling me ENFJ, I'm like, ah, oh, those, those letters, were they in that same order for me? Like, I, cause I've done a few personality tests myself mm-hmm. and that was one of them. And I was like, I'm literally looking on my other screen. So I'm not like, you know, looking at the other screen, I'm like, wait a minute, did I actually put that in my signature? Cause I think on one of them, I actually have it. And I don't know if that was the one or it was it. Yeah. Cause you know, there's like different tests, but there yeah, is, yeah. Them, yeah. Um, so one of them that I took, I'm like NKBA. That's the one I have there. Uh, Ooh, I have I the disc assessment. One. Yeah, okay. I've done the disc assessment, and I'm the I'm IS. So I'm I'm like very, you know, also extroverted. You know, I'm all about relationships and and teamwork and collaboration exactly, and all that. Yeah. So I, I can see how we're like, you know, both of us very similar in in many sense. Indeed. I've also done the. Uh, I think it's the Briggs Myers, uh, yep. 16 personalities. Yeah. I'm the protagonist. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So That's like, your ENFJ. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, uh, I, I'm like, whoa, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, sometimes I forget which ones I took because I've done a few. I like um, a good yeah. personality test. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I just, yeah, it's, I think that's the inquis- inquisitive nature too, is just like trying to learn yes. about yourself and how you fit here in the world. You know, how do I, where do I belong? How do, am I reflecting my true self out, yes. you know, outwardly? And yeah. do I know my true self? Huh. Oh, wow. We got existential here on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> I, I can tell you're so, we are probably similar. I, I mean, that's exactly how I think too. And it's, it's, it's our nature. I think yeah. that does that not everyone is similar to that. You know, they don't see the view things from that perspective They you know, mm-hmm. 
but we are specifically wondering how is our impact in the world? Like we're always seeing this big picture and how we right. fit in there. Right. Um, yeah. And that's also why we also want to have those right people always around us. We want to have the right, the family yeah. you mentioned, yeah. same yeah. here, you know, very close knit family. Um, and loyalty is something you mentioned. That's mm -hmm. one of the, it's in my core values on both businesses. That's amazing. It's one of the, I'm very loyal and I'm always looking for, you know, relationships with clients. And yeah. so I, I love that. I'm so, I'm so excited you brought this up. You got <laughs> energetic about it. <laughs> and you see, like this never came out in our normal conversation, did it? <laughs> it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it's true. It just, Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what are one of the, what motivated you to start your entrepreneurial journey? Because everybody has that one thing that pushed mm -hmm. them to take that next step. So what was it for you? Well, you know, everybody does have that one thing, right? Um, I know that looking back and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit in our, in our prep call, but um, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot, like what did lead me here? And yes. I think looking back early in my career, I knew I had a fire in my belly for something else, not really sure what it was, but I knew that I was aggressive in my goals. Like I knew, I knew I needed more than where I was at that particular point. And this is going back to my my twenties, you know, and early thirties. Like I knew I wanted something bigger for myself. And, um, but to say that I stumbled into this is probably an incredible understatement because I, I really do feel like I sort of did stumble into it. It was not, um, very well planned. <laughs> um, <laughs> certainly not as well planned as other entrepreneurs and other business owners, I think. But, um, I found myself in New York city, working for a company that was getting acquired. Mm -hmm. And I had a fantastic uh, boss, the CEO of the company who was mentoring me and knew that there was a fire in my belly. He knew that I wanted to do something um, different. And I, at that time, I'd really sort of established the goal of I wanted to have a, an agency, a marketing event agency. I knew mm -hmm. that was the direction that I wanted to go. And as luck, the stars aligned, the universe, whatever, um, it just so happened that as part of this acquisition, um, I was not going to have a home. Um, I, my department was going through cuts and that I was not going to have a home with the new company. But wow. there was um, an opportunity for me to um, basically take a part of the business that wasn't getting acquired and run it. And wow. they wanted to spin it off and um, run a magazine and run um, as an association and, a, and a, an event, a big international trade show that happened every two years. So it was a huge piece of business, um, especially since I didn't have a company at that time. <laughs> and so he basically said, look, this is your chance if you want to do it. Um, here's what you have to do. You have three days, get your business wow. proposal in place, see if you can put together <laughs> a business plan, meet with the board of directors, you know, the whole shebang. And 
my business partner and I sat down um, and we did. We put together, we actually took all of our thoughts and ideas that we had been thinking about and yeah. put them to paper and actually built a pitch <laughs> for what we wanted to do. And that was 15 years ago. Wow. Um, so they, they said yes to us. We said yes to them. And uh, yeah, so Quint was born in 2005. So amazing. over 15 years ago, I guess, yes. really 17. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing yeah. story. And, and, you know, I, I'm, uh, congratulations, by the way, that <laughs> obviously you're doing something right to be able to survive that long because, you know, the statistics are there, you know, most businesses close within the first, you know, five years, you know, that's mm -hmm. about, you know, 70 something percent. Yep. So to survive, you know, and then thrive, you know, 17 years, that's, that's a big accomplishment. So kudos to you, Wendy. Thanks. It's certainly not without bumps in the road, for sure. Um, there, we, we definitely have seen those, and it has not always been, you know, rosy and sunshine and rainbows. But it's. I'm so glad that I said yes to my my former CEO and and accepted the challenge, and because it has really been, uh, it was life changing and mm -hmm. one that I'm really glad that I did. So yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and it's great to sometimes have those, um, the right people, you know, like your CEO and mm -hmm. not everybody gets that yeah. to recognize that you had that, that, that talent, that fire, that energy that you wanted to bring this something new. Um, and he gave you that opportunity. And of course, Kudos to you for seeing that opportunity and not being afraid to take it. <laughs> oh, I was afraid, Marie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was very, very afraid. <laughs> I think there's definitely a, a balance of ambition and drive with a little bit of fear mixed in just to kind of, you know, you got to get the mix right. So, yeah, it was, but yeah, it was to totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, all of us, I think when we start, we're always afraid and majority yeah. that survive or or go through those hardships. Right. You know, all of us, whether personal or business, right. um, we keep going. And that's, you know, the fear kind of like we have to fight that and just keep yeah. going, uh, because if not, then we're throwing in the tower. We're like, oh, we're giving up. And then the dreams are yeah. sitting all the way far away, never happening. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think I think that's that, you know, you, you hit it right on the, uh, you know, on the head. It's, it's exactly that. Um, so, uh, other than let's say in this situation, you know, obviously Quint was born, but then has there been any other times that we've had a major impact in your life that really has maybe, uh, you know, changed the way you see things, view things, or it could be anything general business or personal that, that you could, you would think that, uh, our audience could actually learn from that. Um, gosh, uh, probably a lot, probably that could, that could probably be an entire series of podcasts, <laughs> all the lessons that you learn along the way, things that happen. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like a lot, but, um, it's interesting because the moment that you asked that question, I, I immediately thought of, um, someone who I admire a lot. Um, Mel Robbins, uh, she's a former CNN host. She is a New York Times bestselling author of, I think, at least two books. She has a podcast of her own. Um, I've had the great fortune of working with her um, as a guest speaker at a couple of events that we've produced. Uh -huh. And just absolutely... I find a lot of inspiration in her story and her approach 
to, there's a book um, over my shoulder called the five second rule, which she wrote. Um, and I, I think kind of getting to know her and getting to know her story and the motivation techniques that she used in her own life and then shared those with the world, mm -hmm. it really had an impact on me and something that I have carried with me since I very first heard of Mel Robbins and learned of her story. Um, and I think that learning from other people and hearing their stories and, and using their inspire them as inspiration is something that um, I really like. Cause I think that, you know, when you mirror yourself, when you find somebody like Amel Robbins or, um, you know, anybody else who kind of hits a note with you and you can mirror yourself against them, I think that that's, that's empower that's empowering and powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And each of us, I think we all, and in different times, right? Like in our lives, we'll mm -hmm. be impacted by someone um, that would really change the way we do things or, or you know, open up our mind to a, a new set of things that we never thought about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I totally, I, I totally understand you. I mean, in, in my case, um, there have been a few people as well, but mm -hmm. I, I guess the biggest impact has happened through, um, you know, the 10x, you know, Grant Cardone, um, that he really changed the way I see things. Sure. I never thought an accountant can be that effective. <laughs> and the reason I connected with him was, and I found out he was an accountant. And I was like, whoa, if an accountant can be this good, I mean, yeah, sales, yeah. training, marketing, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. So for me, he was that impact because I'm like, wow, well, if he did it, then I can do it. You know, yeah. so yes, I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA and I have that specific training, but doesn't mean it stops me from doing all the other things as well and being right. good and helping more people. So, uh, so yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. You know, we all yeah. go through these uh, specific timelines that someone is impacting us so powerfully. Yeah. So I love that. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the customers and, and I mentioned a few are, these are big, big names, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Google cloud, Pixar. I mean, these are big names. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about, uh, you know, overall customer experience and what are the things that you're helping them with, uh, you know, through Quint? So, yeah, you're right. We, we have some amazing logos. Um, when you look at our, our customers, some you're going to obviously recognize straight out of the gate. Others, maybe not so much, but uh, we have had the pleasure of working with companies from nonprofits to trade organizations, startups, publicly traded, <laughs> publicly traded companies. Um, I think as a group, we like to think of ourselves as being industry agnostic. So it's not like, oh, we're the HR event people or we're the tech people, tech events or whatever. Like <laughs> to us, it's like it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, mm -hmm. Most of our clients, I think, if not all, um, I was actually thinking about this a little bit yesterday, um, have come to us through word of mouth referrals. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's probably a somewhat true statement for a lot of agencies our size when you're kind of that small-ish, medium-sized agency. I don't even know if mm -hmm. I'm, maybe we're still small technically, but um, <laughs> we have goals. Um, a lot of business, I think, for smaller agencies does come from word of mouth referrals. But I think the yes. thing that is true for us is that we kind of keep our clients for a really long time. I mean, we've had clients yes. since, you know, the 
first one in 2005, you know, still with wow. us, you know, like those long-term relationships yes. are incredibly important. And how do we do that without kind of the proof is in the pudding without constantly be able, being able to deliver what they need and being creative in our approach. Um, when we get asked the question, like, you know, who do you want as a customer? Who are your ideal customers? Yes. Um, to me, I think the, the really kind of short or broad answer is if it's any company who wants to produce an event, I don't care if it's doing an industry trade show or mm -hmm. um, hosting their own uh, thousand person conference for their customers and partners and everything in between field marketing and product launches and everything. If it looks, smells, sounds like an event, it's in our wheelhouse. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And especially now with a lot of the hybrid events and, you know, yeah. having the, you know, um, you know, like the one I attended, uh, I think it was in 2020, end of 2020 or 20, mm -hmm. you know, still in pandemic. Yeah. Maybe this is some of the stuff you do and I just want to share, right. and you, can, you know, type it. So it was actually for, for QuickBooks, uh, connect. Um, and it was like a virtual conference. It was like three days. And it was so cool because, you know, you had that almost the visual of you're at a conference, you know, you had the, yeah. the on the screen, you had the, the, the places to go, the, the booths to, to visit. Right. I like, you were like, I like, Oh my God, like how long did it take for them to create this? And, and it's, and it was amazing. It was a great experience, you know, between yeah. you know, going to the different sessions and breakouts and all that stuff. Um, and then they would, you know, you know, give you opportunities to kind of, let's say, market the fact that, you know, this in the social media, right. like, hey, I'm attending the conference, blah, blah. It was so cool, but I was like literally in my office <laughs> looking at a screen the yeah. whole time. But they made that experience like as if you were physically there. Um, you yeah. know, it was so cool. It's It's been that, you know, when you asked the question earlier about was there anything that sort of made you look at things differently? And I think the pandemic just is also one, yeah. I think, probably rings true for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. I think, you know, for us, it was a challenge because we had a lot of clients who had no idea what it meant yeah. to do virtual events. We had some who were, fortunately for us, we were already in the virtual game. We were already doing awesome. some webinars and video production and things for our clients. And so it was an, a relatively easy pivot for us, but it wasn't necessarily an easy pivot for our clients. And so it was, it was kind of painful in the beginning, trying to figure out how to do this and make it something like it early days. It was like, hey, let's just get on zoom. Let's just do something. We got to be out there. We have to you know, turn those cameras on. And then, you know, slowly, but surely you start to realize the conversation needs to kind of be a little bit different. We need to be a little bit more engaging. We need to think about things um, in the hybrid virtual event, you know, in a more creative way. And I think that's, that's the thing that's really been an interesting thing to observe from an yeah. event industry person. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I mean, that takes a lot of plan. I can imagine because mm -hmm. it, is when that happened, when, when I was, um, see, when I was experiencing that kind mm -hmm. of, you know, virtual kind of conference, you know, which is mm -hmm. really what, you, you impact that quite a lot. And mm -hmm. I was comparing myself to like, okay, when I used to, you know, I used to work for the, uh, the, the chamber here in Miami and then 
Uh, we used to have a lot of events and I remember like physically planning all of these stuff, you know, the, the event managers, the staff, and then the night before right. the, the badges and all that. I mean, I, I've, I've had to live that for like eight years. <laughs> so, so I get how, how hard it is that event planning, you know, from a conference, yeah. and it was a nonprofit. And to kind of replicate that in a digital setting, I mean, that must be yeah. like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and it's been interesting to see how the, how it's pivoting again, right, as we're coming mm -hmm. out of the pandemic, life is sort of, I won't say normal or returning to the way that it was, it's like, it's definitely, a, it's definitely different, I think, in mm -hmm. post-pandemic life, but um, more and more uh, our clients and their um their customers are kind of demanding that in-person thing uh, come back, even if it's on a micro scale or a smaller event, whatever yeah. it is, it's like, or big. I mean, we've had eight, we've had an 800 person, uh, 1100 person event already um, wow. a couple of different times this year. So oh. it's, it's, you know, I won't say we're back, but we're back. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh goodness, yeah, and 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 before I move on to the next thing, but I wanted yeah. to uh, quickly read out some of your uh, information, Wendy, because for those oh, yeah. who are listening and they won't be able to see the screen, you know, and I'm showing them the thing. So, by the way, guys, you know, Wendy is offering a, a free 45 minute consultation, very special for my my uh, audience, my listeners. So. Make sure to let her know you're a Profit Lab listener um, and email wendy at quintconnect.com. That is Q-U-I-N-T-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. So wendy at quintconnect.com. Um, you can also check out her website, of course, quint.com. And her phone number is 917-445-9729. I'm going to repeat one more time. Uh, quintconnect.com. And the phone number 917-445-9729. So um, I'm going to leave this up for a little bit for people can write down your email, you know. And so, um, so yeah, so you said something about the 1,100 uh, people. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot. And then one yeah. of the things I'm also noticing, Wendy, and I know um, you, 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 you can tell me for sure, um, that now that some people have experienced that, uh, you know, pandemic situation where we could have this digital, you know, attendance to a conference. Mm -hmm. And now do you feel like there's, or have you seen that people are having the pressure of creating hybrid events so that those who don't want to travel in person, now you, you have to cater for both type of preferences instead of just, mm -hmm. oh, we just do in person or versus, oh, well, we're stuck doing it digital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we really, we did less now and, and less thinking into 2023 and, and beyond. Although uh, the caveat is that right now, and um, I think you and I were chatting a little bit about this before, is that it's all about the content game in a lot of ways, yes. right? So if you're hosting your own event, you have, even, even if it's a single day, you've got multiple presentations, potentially multiple tracks. You've got a ton yes. of content that you're delivering to an in-person audience or potentially a hybrid audience if you've gone that route. And then you find yourself asking yourself the question, or you should, what, do we, what can we do with all this content that's being um, right. spoke to at our event? Yes. And how right. can we give it a life 
post event. And I think that's another kind of conversation that we love to have with our clients is, is how then can we um, increase engagement with your audience post event, extend the life of that event message, um, even past that event date, even if it is in a a live or even a hybrid model. Right. No, uh, that's, that's, that's great that you said that Um, it's like kind of repurposing all of that production that went into it. What can we do with all these videos and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, continue the conversation and connect. And, and, and you mentioned it's in your bio as well. It's like that creating that community engagement, right? Right. That's the biggest thing right now. It's not just having random likes. It's about really having a community that's following you because you provide great content. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, (laughs) there's been so many studies, I think, that have have said, you know, look, we don't buy from people or um, what's the, I'm misspeaking. It's like, we want to buy from brands that we know and love and trust, right? right? That's that translates to consumer good shopping to even B2B in the B2B space, which is where I play most of the time. So I'm most of my clients are in the B2B world, not exclusively, but predominantly. And that is a very true statement still. Like they want to, companies want to do business with other companies that they believe in, that they identify with um, and that feel authentic and true. And that just, that's very important, I think. Yeah. Especially in a world of uh, digital, uh, you know, Robots taking over yeah. influencers. <laughs> like, Hello. <laughs> we're, we're talking here about being authentic and really having a true community that follows. Yeah, exactly. This may not be the millions, but they're real. <laughs> they are real. I love that. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that, you know, um, in the beginning, I was like constantly looking at others and like, I, I don't know, how did they get like 590,000 people like on LinkedIn? I just don't know how that happens. And, you know, uh, and then, or you, you see Instagram and you see, I don't know, 11 million, I don't know, like random yeah. numbers. Like, and, and like, what the, so even if it's like time, even over time, it's been built up that way. Yeah. In one of our, tra- my trainings uh, with, with Grant, you know, that was one of the things like the, you know, the myth busters, right? Like those are not real people. There could be like just random followers that are not really per- going to purchase the product. They're not, they don't yeah. even believe in the product. Maybe they're just like random pictures. Um, and, uh, sometimes you look at the picture and the actual, what the service is, you're like, um, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't really fit. Like, so you can tell that there's certain images and videos are used to kind of get attention, but it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really give the true value of a, yeah. you know, service or a product. So, so my, my, my key thing is like, you know, just to make sure to stay true to who you are, your yeah. product, your service and find, you know, your, your real clients will follow you. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So from all of your experiences in the past 17 years as a, uh, a business owner and entrepreneur, um, one of the, what are some of the challenges that you have faced? Um, you up and down, but like maybe a, <laughs> one or two challenges that were like, and then, but yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that as an entrepreneur, I'm constantly thinking about how to grow the business. You know, my, my, it's, I think that's true for every entrepreneur. That's yes. you know, it's a central preoccupation of most of my thoughts. Like how can we get bigger? How can we do better? How can we grow? Um, but I think one thing that I maybe didn't think about earlier on in my career um, is how do you fire a client? And <laughs> 
I mean, why would you ever need to think about that as an yeah, entrepreneur? I mean, aren't we supposed to say yes to everyone? Nobody. Like, you know, <laughs> our clients are great. We're never going to want to not do work with them. That's not true. Um, I think firing a client uh, was one of the biggest lessons that I learned. It was as a business owner, it was, and as an agency where like you're, it's, it's, it was such a difficult thing to even think about saying no to someone after, I mean, this was, this, this particular situation was um, probably not foreign to other agencies either. I'm right. sure other people have experienced, you know, similar situations where you start working, you're three months in, maybe four months in, you haven't been paid, you're struggling to be aligned with the client, you're, yes. you know, it's just really incredibly difficult. No conversation is easy. It's just struggle after struggle after struggle. And so finally, after a period of a few months, it's like, okay, look, Mr. Client, we kind of have two paths here. We either need to have a big meeting and get realigned and get paid and have like yeah. a real, like true conversation about what's happening and how do we really go forward together or we need to part ways. Yeah. And it was really kind of that simple. And it, it, it was weird to think of it being that simple because of all of the turmoil and the the worry and the stress of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if right. we don't have this client? And, you know, it, it wasn't a good situation. And so ultimately we parted ways. And I think as an entrepreneur, the big, big lesson for me was that was okay. It was okay because I could do it. We could yeah. fire the client. Um, it was okay because we didn't actually lose any more work. We weren't paid anyway. We had already, right, we were right. already at a loss. Right. Um, and we didn't go under, we're still here. And right. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of okay. It was like really okay. And that realization that that's, you know, it's, it's so hard to think about running a business sometimes and what that means and getting new clients and servicing those clients and building strategies that they're going to really love and, and want to work with you. And then to think about the other side of the coin where you actually need to part ways with somebody in a, in a really uncomfortable, when the situation is uncomfortable, it's like, just tell yourself it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to come through this. And while that door is going to close, another one, two, three, or 10 or a hundred are going to open and it's going to be fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I totally hear you. I, I, I went through the same thing and I, and I had two different instances with clients. One was, uh, it wasn't about the payment. It was the aggressive and condescending behavior Sure. that, that I was like, uh, you know, and I was just starting out. I didn't even have my business. I was just a consultant at the time. And, mm -hmm. and my husband was the one who said, don't you have it in your agreement that you can fire the client? Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, and I don't know if it's a, a woman thing because or we're shy or, or we're in the beginning stage. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what it was for me, but I was definitely de not wanting to lose any client I have, especially if I'm dependent on that. Right. So totally. Yeah. And I think from a man's perspective, I think sometimes it's great to have a lot of guys around me. <laughs> <laughs> perspective is a little different. Yeah. Um, and he just said it. He said, you have it in your contract, don't you? I said, yes, it's in there. He's like, then fire him. 
Yeah. I'm like, how do I write that? How should I put it in the email? Like I was literally shaking probably because especially that yeah. like you and me were more of that uh, uh, the, the we, we want to have that communication. We want right. to have that. Uh, we're a little bit more touchy feely from that sense. You know, we are very emotionally attached to, we get attached to pe the people. Um, our emotional intelligence is kind of very high, so we cannot yeah. help it. So to say or write up something that is going to be a, a blockage of it or, or cutting off a relationship is like very yeah. hard. Um, yeah. So I, I was like, I was very, it was difficult for me to write up that email. I had to have my husband oh my read gosh. it a couple of times. I'm like, he's like, send it. Like, just send it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, did the right I did the right thing. Good. Time, it was uh, it was actually a payment thing, and uh, we started working against my contract, saying it has to be you know a prepayment of a, a specific amount before right. we start to work. Right. And, and because of someone that was in my own uh, from my own native you know you know country, let's say. Um, and I just kind of went ahead and just started the work and it kind of backfired. So yeah. lesson learned. <laughs> lesson learned. Exactly. And that's what it's all about, I think, too. And, and you know, learning how whether you're, you're a solo entrepreneur running your own business and it's 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 your company doing your thing whether it's like my situation where I have a business partner who yes. we collaborate, we have a leadership team, or if yes. you're, a, you're a bigger company and you've got a board of directors and <laughs> no matter what the situation is, I think that, you know, defining the non-negotiables, if you will, right. you know, the things that are absolute, here's the line and we're yes. not going to cross it. And if someone, yes. whether it's internal or external crosses it, then you, you, having that conversation and the plan. And, and that's what we did after that we fired this one yeah. client. Like we're like, okay, this is a situation that never happened to us before. And so now we know we kind of have a, a process a little bit better. We adjusted, reworked some right. things in our contracts. We start asking for more money up front. So there's little Absolutely. things that we definitely learned yes. um, from a business process perspective. Um, right. I think for me, when I was like telling you the story, I'm coming at it from like the emotional perspective right. of you know what I what I went through, Marie, to kind of get rid of this client. Um, but in how how important it is for for those who might be starting out their businesses, or um, maybe you you're running a company that's 30 years old, it, it's yeah. still it's I think it's still a good lesson to to know that if that situation comes up, be, to be empowered to say no for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think many of us go through that. And, and the, this is really the purpose of, you know, having, um, you know, different entrepreneurs and come and speak about mm -hmm. their experiences, because if someone's listening or watching, they're going to see that almost many of us have repeated almost identical <laughs> yeah. experiences. So yeah. we're telling you ahead of time, this is going to come. So you might as well deal with it or take care of it or prep yourself for it exactly. ahead of time. Um, learn exactly. from our mistakes that, you know, um, and instead of just waiting for it. So, yep. um, okay. And then, um, so before we kind of like wrap up, I would love it if you can share with our audience and our listeners, let's say three uh, key takeaways um, and they could be anything. Key mm. three takeaways, three of them. Um, that you would like to share with other entrepreneurs to empower them and prep them for what they're going to do from your own experiences? Oh, man. Again, it's hard to limit it to just 
three sometimes, <laughs> right? You can be really long. Um, I think that one would be to trust yourself and trust your, in, the intentions of people that you work with, like your coworkers, your vendors, your clients, yes. um, your customers, you know, trust that their intentions are coming from a place of good, but trust yourself too. Um, yes. I believe in adopting a kind of radical um, transparency policy. Um, that's something that was very important to us in the very, very early days. Like we share receipts with clients. We show, you know, mm -hmm. it, the transparency and communication. If, if something is not going the way that we need to, you know, Communicate, communicate, communicate. I don't think there's ever a, a situation where you can over communicate and be, <laughs> you know, too transparent, right? <laughs> I think that's important. I think that helps with those relationships. And then I think probably third, um, gosh, I think it's okay to ask why. I think that's an important hmm. place to come from. I think it's it's okay to ask why we're doing this, whether you're asking it to a client or a coworker. Um, I think it's okay to disagree, um, yes. but I think that you should do it from a place of compassion and with in kindness and with an open heart, and be prepared to hear, really truly hear. Um, you know, if you are in a situation of disagreement, you know, hear what the other person is saying, but it, it's okay. You're not always going to agree with, with everyone that you do business with. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to ask questions of each other, but do it in a kind and compassion way and with an open heart. I love that. Those are very, very great, great, great tips for, for, for us to use. Thank you, Wendy. And thank you so much for each sharing your story with us. Um, is there any other last minute thoughts that you want to share before we uh, wrap up? Oh, gosh. Uh, open door for you. <laughs> open door. Um, I'll just do a, a quick shout out to the one and only Miss Taylor Swift, because I feel like she and I are truly aligned on this day, because this is episode 13 of the profit lab podcast and 13 is her lucky number. And as a true Swifty, I can't imagine that this could have gone any better than I ended up on episode 13 of the profit lab. So, oh, so shout glad. out to, uh, shout out to, to Taylor Swift. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Great. Wendy, thank you so much. And congratulations on delivering excellence to your clients for the past 17 years. And then, uh, and for the future as well. And to all our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please remember to subscribe, follow, like, share on any of the, the content on any of the platforms that you're, you're listening, watching us on. Let's power each other through our experiences. And until the next episode, have a wonderful and blessed rest of your week. Stick around, Wendy. Will do.